Good afternoon. This is Dragoon 6, your regimental commander, 81st Colonel of the Regiment, Colonel Joe Ewers. And today I've got the distinct pleasure and honor of interviewing the 33rd Regimental Command Sergeant Major of the historic 2nd Cavalry Regiment, Command Sergeant Major Michael Burke. Find people that are going places in the Army, the go-to people within your element. If you could tell any of our soldiers three things to focus on in the future, what would those three things be? This will be the most meaningful thing I will ever do in my life. Do you have any unfinished business? It's really gonna kind of revolutionize the Army in my opinion. The special occasion today for interviewing Command Sergeant Major Burke is an exit interview. As we all are sadly aware, uh, Command Sergeant Major Burke is finishing up his time in the 2nd Cavalry Regiment after successfully serving as the Command Sergeant Major of 2nd Squadron and now culminating his service as the Regimental Command Sergeant Major. And we want to take this opportunity to really get one last drop out of him as we get ready to say farewell. So what I'd like to do today is to start off, as we know, this is a program that while Command Sergeant Major Burke has routinely told me that this is my podcast. I would tell you that everybody knows this is his podcast. But starting today, it really is my podcast. Uh, we're officially passing the baton, call it a battle handover, from Dragoon 7 to Dragoon 6. And I will do my best to carry forward what I think has been a, a wonderfully developed program for the regiment and its leaders. So what I'd like to do to start today, Sergeant Major, is I'd like to talk about the purpose of the podcast. In the frenzy of everything the last month, uh, it has not hit me yet. And just now, in this very moment, I just realized I'm leaving 2CR. Man, I love this organization. Major uh, Hefty, who was a regimental XO, and then the RS3, Major Ryan David at the time, we used to just talk about, hey, what's going on today? Hey, what do we need to get ready for the regimental commander? And uh, sometimes it would kind of transcend into almost a 45-minute discussion where we'd just talk about problems. I don't remember who quite said it, but somebody's like, you guys should start a podcast. You know, like, I think a first sergeant was just in there one day. We were like, yeah, we should. And they really didn't go anywhere. But then when COVID hit, between the PAO and at the time, Colonel Hof and, and some others, we knew we needed to do different things to reach the formation. And the majority of our formation, they get their influence, they get their news, and they're impacted by social media and the digital realm. So the, the podcast kind of uh, genesis started from that. And then also Sergeant Major Abernathy and General Cavulli in a conversation, they highlighted that and they said, you know, how can you use this time to do things that you normally wouldn't because things slowed down? And then finally, we're like, we're just going to start a podcast. We, we know we can, we know we want to. So let's just start it. And uh, it's kind of went from there, sir. I'll tell you, it's an incredible accomplishment. Uh, I think it's an incredible investment and it's, it's true to your colors. It's a, it's a leader development effort that aims to make people better, that aims to enable people to know themselves more. And for all those reasons, I, th I think that uh, your fingerprints are all over it, rightfully so. So we talked about why did you start it? Let's, let's talk about has it, has it turned out how you expected? It has exceeded expectations. I don't think that we ever thought it would reach the the volume that it has, uh, the listeners that it has, really, quite frankly, across the globe. Um, we have listeners in Australia, um, all over the Army. We have units that wrote, either the PAO or myself, and said, hey, my battalion listens to this. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, playing at first, you know, when we sat down and we kind of did a strategy meeting about what we were going to talk about, we got through about, like, episode eight or nine. And then after that, it was kind of just, well... 
come up with some ideas and everything else. And I really feared that after that, we wouldn't have anything else. And I will say that there's probably over 20 to 30 other ideas that Dragoons have brought forward and said, uh, hey, you should do a podcast on this and everything else. We've just never lacked for content. And uh, it's just reinforced the talented leaders that we have in 2CR. They're just truly amazing. And when they come forward and you give them the opportunity and you highlight their talents, every single time they just exceed expectations. And it's just been amazing to me, sir. Well, you talk about there being amazing soldiers in 2nd Cavalry Regiment. And I agree with you 100%. I think that one of those amazing soldiers is sitting right across from me. And so, you know, I went easy on you, warming you up with a question about the podcast. But let's get to the hard questions now, because this is really what we want to do. We want one last meaningful investment in podcast history from Command Sergeant Major Mike Burke. So the word that comes to mind for me, Sergeant Major, is legacy. And, and when I think about legacy, I don't I don't think about ego. I don't think about uh, records on the wall or gold medals or you know things of things of those kind of, of legacy. I, I think of accomplishments and I think of lasting impact. And those are some words that come to my mind when I think about you. My question to you is, what have you accomplished? Uh, one thing I've always uh, struggled with is talking about myself. And, I, you know, when you ask that question, my first inclination is is nothing. Um, but uh, I know that's not true um, because if I had to kind of summarize it, sir, I think what I've done is, is I've given the leaders and, and some of the soldiers in 2CR a real voice in how the organization moves. There's a lot of different pivotal folks that have been helpful in that. The command sergeant majors, the first sergeants, and some of the other leaders, they've really helped to kind of shape this organization. And we've been able to really tackle difficult problems uh, because of their voice, their thoughts, their initiatives, and just, you know, things that they think will make the organization better. The single thing I'm the most proud of is the professional development. Something I ask the first sergeants and the sergeant majors when I sit down with them is, is if you would have had a consistent, regular, and relevant LPD program throughout your entire career, where do you think you would be? The easy answer is, is, well, a lot further. Maybe I'd have got promoted sooner. Maybe not, but if nothing else, I'd be smarter and I would sure in the heck be wiser. So knowing that, then why don't we do it? Why don't we do it consistently in the Army, specifically in the NCO side? It's not something that's terribly formalized, and it's not really kind of dictated, but we've systemized it into CR, and we do it regularly. And uh, the emails I'm now getting you know, from First Arts, they're really doing it at the lowest level, and they're developing future leaders that will change our Army, because it will just continue to grow. They're going to put their spin on it. They're going to put their ideas behind it and their own passion in different focus areas, it's really going to kind of revolutionize the army, in my opinion. And then now, you know, with you coming on board, you instantly started speaking my love language, sir. You know, when you started talking about LPDs and how passionate you were about leader professional development, and you've just emphasized that point even more. And we've been able to harmonize the efforts between the two of us. It's just going to continue to build and there's nothing that will ever stop it. And for some of those soldiers and some of those leaders, nothing will ever stop them from doing it. Even if they have, they go to another command within another organization that does not focus on it, they will. And that's all it takes. That's all that, you know, it just takes one individual to change an organization, um, especially at the lower echelons is my belief. So you stole my question. I was going to ask you what you were most proud of and you used the word passion. And so I was hoping that you could describe that a little bit more. Passion. It is something uh, that is not discussed enough. Sometimes I think that people, um, it's misguided. Um, I can even speak for myself as a, as a senior NCO. And I realize it now, you know, kind of reflecting back that I had the passion, it was misguided, but it was also 
others and higher leaders, they just interpreted it the wrong way. And that's on me. That's my fault. My ability to communicate and everything else, that, that is completely on me. But I've really been able to kind of direct it. If you don't have passion for this profession, if you don't believe that you're in the greatest army in the world and you are in the greatest unit in the world, or you, you maybe you're not, but you're at least doing something about it to try to make it better, then I would you know simply ask a question. And I'm not trying to be mean or derogatory, but if you're not passionate about this, you don't like it, and you're just maybe doing it for a paycheck, I would encourage you to do two things. Explore what the other army has to offer, because maybe just what you're currently doing isn't what you're suited for in life and suited for in the uniform. There's so many things that are available in the army to do. The sky's the limit. There's nothing you can't really honestly do in the army, um, no matter what your background is or you know who you are and you know uh, where you come from or your education level. And if that doesn't kind of fit the bill or that doesn't seem like you're wanting, you know, that's what you want to do, then okay. Then go out and just be the most amazing civilian, you know, that's ever existed. Pursue your passion, pursue what you want to do and change the world um, because the army is just not for everybody. We have to have passionate leaders that are just hungry to learn, hungry to better themselves, but most importantly, hungry to serve selflessly. It's going to motivate others and it's going to, it's going to make others strive for greatness within our army. I believe if you don't have that mindset, then you probably need to do a little bit of self-reflection and just ask yourself, what are you doing? People I grew up with in the army, you know, they often reach out to me and, you know, they'll say, why are you still in the army? Why are you doing this? You realize you're at the point in your life, you're paying the army to stay in. You will make more retired than you're currently making. Irrelevant. If I was doing this for the money, <laughs> are you kidding me? Man, I, there's a million things that we could do. I'm not doing this for this money. I'm doing this because this is my life purpose. This is what I was put on earth to do. I will someday get out of the army and I will do something else. Um, and I hope it's great. And I hope I, you know, accomplish great things, but this will be the most meaningful thing I will ever do in my life. Yeah. I'm passionate about that, sir. And I don't understand how people can't be. So let's stay on passion for just a second. I had to chuckle because as you were describing uh, being passionate and having it your whole life and it being misguided or misinterpreted, I just couldn't help but think of all the times that I used to get in trouble growing up. And a couple of times when my mom lovingly just said, oh, oh Joe, you're just spirited. And so I, I have to I have to maybe think that that was an early indication of passion. But on the topic of passion, at the beginning, you described that one of the purposes of the podcast was to reach our soldiers at at all ranks, to help them talk about leadership, to help them grow, to help them better themselves. What, what if I am PFCUers again, and I haven't discovered that passion? I don't have that natural that natural fire that a Mike Burke does, but I but I enjoy being a soldier. And I find purpose in it. I'm an honorable servant of my nation. How might I cultivate? that or discover that passion in myself, what, what tips would you offer me? And I, I can relate to that too, sir, because I will say that, you know, I kind of fumbled for through my first couple terms of service haphazardly without necessarily a driver or a purpose. If I could talk to, you know, PFC user, PFC Burke, what would I tell them? I will well, first find people that are going places in the army, the go-to people within your element, whatever rank, find them and associate with them. And I'll tell you that those people are not the people that are going to Queens Club in Nuremberg, especially right now because it's off limits. Those are not the people. And yeah, while that might be fun in the moment, that's not going to serve you long term and it's going to just you know waste the money. So that'd be the first thing is find the people that you, you can tell are the up and comers and, and, and really want to move forward. And second, you know, set out a path. Maybe you have a year, two years left in the army. Make the most of it. Because even if you decide to hang up the uniform at the end of it, you want to be proud of it. I want to accomplish this. 
I want to go get my EIB. I want to go get my ESB. I want to go to ranger school. Maybe not as hard as ranger school, but something that's going to better you. Because what I find is, is that it's all about confidence. I, mean, I sure can speak for myself. I didn't come to the army with confidence. Um, it was built over time. After accomplishing the first thing, OSIT and, you know, airborne school and then RASP one and then, you know, ranger school. And then, you know, shortly after that EIB, then it was like, actually, I'm pretty good at this. But you're never going to know if you don't accomplish it. And it, it'll give you that. The other effect of that is it'll give you some confidence. So go do things in the Army. Don't don't sit stagnant. Move forward. And that's not just an Army thing. That's a, that's a life thing. You just always got to be in pursuit. You always got to be moving forward. You might find one or two things. You might find, you know, even though I accomplished all that, it's still not quite for me. Okay, no problem. Serve out your career honorably. Do it to the best of your ability. Train those around you. Mentor those around you. Develop those around you. Hang it up and move on with your life. That's fine. I was passionate about one thing, joining the Army, and that was getting out of Sydney, Montana as fast as I possibly could. That was all I had. <laughs> you know, this was my only lifeline because where I came from and what I, my upbringing, I didn't have anything going for me in life. Um, so it was my one, my one shot. That's the only passion I had. And then after that, you know, it's, it's been a work in progress. <laughs> so on the topic of passion as well, one thing that I've seen over time is that passion is closely linked to fulfillment. I tend to generate or, or find a lot of passionate energy in areas that I find fulfillment. And as you think about the different people on your teams or, or you at different ages and stages in your military career, and you think back to what was really exciting and really cool and really fulfilling to you as a young fire team leader versus what's exciting and cool and fulfilling to you as the 33rd Regimental Command Sergeant Major of 2CR, I would bet that they're different. Just like what was really cool to you as a 16-year-old is not what was really cool to you as a 36-year-old. And that's that's natural progression in life. For those out there, the PFC Ewers and the PFC Burks of the world, find what's fulfilling to you. Maybe it is leader professional development. Maybe it's PT. Maybe it's maintenance. Maybe it's admin. Maybe it's training. Maybe it's marksmanship. I mean, there's a whole host of things. And, and for those soldiers out there that are so lucky and so gifted to be the proverbial decathlete, right, where you are a top tier varsity athlete in 10 disciplines, there's just not that many of them. Uh, most of us are really good at one thing, maybe a couple if we're lucky and we're just keeping a nostril above water in, in, in many other things. And so I would tell you, find that thing that is fulfilling to you and that, and that you have some natural talent or you find some joy in amidst all the other craziness and really commit yourself to that. Because what you'll also find is that winning fosters winning. If you're crushing it, if you are leading your team or your squad or your platoon in marksmanship, I would argue that it's going to make you more likely to lead them in another area. And similarly, as you find what those things are happening for those that you're responsible for, and now you try to put them into positions where they can be successful, it, it has a very, again, snowball effect, not just for you individually, but for your team. Back to the legacy thread, and I really enjoyed wandering on passion. Do you have any unfinished business? I have a belief that we're always in pursuit, sir. We're just always pursuing something um, in, in multiple, like you just talked about, you know, disciplines or arenas in our life. So as I, I near the end and I start, there's like a million things that I'm looking at that, uh, oh man, I didn't get that across the goal line or that's not where I wanted it to be. Um, but there's a million different things. But the one thing is the quality of life of soldiers on Rose Barracks. And it, and it will happen. And we've laid amazing groundwork for it, you know, just from 
you know, the, the items stocked at the, the PX, you know, in the commissary to the express, but barracks as well. All the utilities that they have, you know, we did, you know, we got the, you know, Cav Corner going, the Chow Hall, Sarmi Allen, you know, the, he has absolutely just done amazing things with that. I wish we would just got farther along. And uh, I don't want to make an excuse, but COVID did put a hamper on a lot of work efforts because we all had to pivot. So we just didn't quite get as much done as we wanted to. Now, I will say that if somebody comes back to Rose Barracks in five, seven, and 10 years, this place is going to be amazing. But those those things take a long time and money has to be allocated to them and they are long-term projects. But there is small things as far as quality of life for our soldiers uh, that we just did not, it's not where I wanted it to be at this point. You know, Sergeant Major Pingle and I have already talked about this specifically um, and it's going to continue to move the ball forward and get better and better. And it has gotten a lot better, but just not where I believe it needs to be. And I agree with you, Sergeant Major. I think we have a lot of really exciting projects that are getting queued up. We are constantly working to invest in the future and to care for the present. Okay, so let's shift even further inward. Uh, we talked about the purpose of the podcast. We talked about your your legacy and and maybe some unfinished business. But as you reflect as a leader, how have you changed because of this role? Being the regimental uh, CSM is... Has, has, has changed me forever. Um, I've been humbled constantly um, because we just, we have so many talented people that work, you know, left and right in other brigades, but then also within 2CR itself. We just have so many just amazing individuals and amazing leaders that are just trying to do innovative, revolutionary things for the Army. It's just an amazing construct over here. And uh, as good as I might think I am, I'm just constantly reminded that okay, I need to up my game. I need to be better. I need to be better in this. Um, I need to be better in that. Working with both DCOs, you and Colonel Hof, and then the amazing field grades we've had up there, just going into every meeting, be it a command total, be it whatever it is, and going, okay, well, here's another meeting where I'm the dumbest person in the room. At the same time, you know, be able to talk on the intellectual level and uh, be able to stay par with you guys and uh, also add value. Um, that's the most important thing is you got to add value, you know, in whatever position you have. It's been a unique position. And then, you know, other circumstances this year have just actually given me a lot of time to reflect and think about my own leadership style, my own priorities, really, really what drives me. But then also at the same time, you know, what drives others, being able to fulfill those roles as well, being able to work together as a team. And that's the other key thing. And General Nori says it all the time is we only have each other. So whatever we're trying to accomplish over here at the brigade level, and quite frankly, any level within this organization, we don't have a quick fix that can come from the state side on a C-17. We've got to figure it out ourselves. And even like HRC or other things, time difference, it adds up. It makes a huge difference as, as opposed to being CONUS. So we'd have to kind of think of things readily that we can do here and we can work together to accomplish. And it's just amazing. It's just absolutely been amazing to me. It's really kind of changed how I've thought about the Army enterprise uh, and, and myself as an individual. And then also just how much I really rely on my family, my my wife and my stepson and my other three children, just to keep me grounded and keep me balanced and uh, how really, really important that is. As you know, we, we come in early and we can leave late, late, late. And still there's, there's 50 things that are sitting on the desk that you're not going to get to, but you have to make that conscious decision just to step away. And it's, it's difficult at times, but you got to prioritize effort sometimes because you are only one person. Yeah. So you talked about the importance of your family and I echo that, you know, the old saying, it's lonely at the top when you're the regimental command sergeant major of the second cavalry regiment, largely a separate brigade. It's the only unit of its kind 
on a post by itself. And so to be the senior non-commissioned officer, much like being the, the commanding officer, is, is at the top and it's lonely at the top. And so you talked about relying upon your family. And I guess the piece that I would maybe latch on to and, and offer to our audience is the necessity of a support system. Whatever your support system is, if you're if you're lucky enough to have a loving family and even luckier to have them co-located, that can be a tremendous, tremendous rock for you. Not everyone is so lucky. Uh, many of us have loving families that are geographically separated from us. Many of us have, you know, young families that are that are developing. Many of us have uh, families at odds. Many of us are young and single seeking to start a family. And so there's all different types out there, but regardless of what your family status is, your need for a support system is common. And as the stressors of life face you, whether you're the regimental command SAR major of the 2nd Cavalry Regiment, or whether you are a honorable saw gunner in 1st Squad, 1st Platoon, Alpha Troop, in your world, that's a lot of stress. Take a look at your support system and just like you run PMCS on your striker every Monday using your Dash 10, do some PMCS on your support system and make sure it's fully mission capable and that you're not just counting on it to start up when you don't ever take care of it and you don't ever put gas in it, you don't ever check the tires, you don't ever dispatch it. You know, you got to give that support system some love just like you got to give your striker some love if you want it to roll when you need it to roll. Okay, so we are, we are on the cusp of the holiday season. And so I can't help but say that, you know, when you think about so many things stay the same, so many things change, there's an old saying that the only thing constant is change. And that's really the context for what we're talking about here today, a change in regimental command sergeants major of the 2nd Cavalry Regiment, uh, changes in kill tank radio hosts, uh, changes in the conditions of our holiday season. With the holiday theme, I couldn't help but think that If we were to put you in the role of the ghost of Christmas future, you know, rattle your chains and tell me what's coming next. What are are we looking? What are we looking at in the next coming months and the next year for the mighty Second Cavalry Regiment? You know, on the on the spirit of change, sir, is is that change in leadership within an organization is needed. While you talked about you know great things that I've done, there's also just a million things that I just haven't done. There's things that I haven't even quite frankly looked at. Um, And I'm sure, you know, some of it's probably frustrating to you. Being truthful, you know, I have been in this unit almost three and a half years. Um, So I have bias serving as a squadron CSM and then, you know, getting activated to take the brigade. There's just things that I just don't see um, and I don't focus on. And and quite frankly, they probably do. They need some love and they need some focus areas. And Sergeant Major Pingle is that guy that's going to come in and he's going to look at that stuff. And he's going to come in with a new set of eyes to this organization. And he's going to see things that I just blindly missed. And he's going to be able to take this organization in the direction that it goes, you know, in conjunction with you. And it's much needed, you know, just like you said, change, we're going to, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, whatever, you know, we're going to hit 2021 running and make up for lost time, you know, because of, you know, COVID. And uh, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen. There's a lot of exercises that are going to happen. And he's going to be able to, to help that stride as much as it just, it hurts my heart. And it just is painful to think about to leave this organization. It's time. 
it's time for this organization to have a change and get a, a high quality NCO like Sergeant Major Pingla in the seat to do what this organization needs him to do. I'm super excited for him. Like the first email I wrote him when we found out he was uh, he was replacing me, I was like, you've won the lottery. You are about to be part of the greatest regiment in the history of regiments in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's my humble opinion. And yes, like I said, I have bias. <laughs> And we've got a library full of great knowledge in this podcast series from Command Sergeant Major Burke. But what I'd like to pose a question to you is if you could tell any of our soldiers three things to focus on in the future, what would those three things be? Become an expert. The best way to become an expert is is uh, digging into the books and understanding, you know, what your whatever your MOS is. Um, but also, you know, ESB, EIB, EFMB, and then find some kind of school that really is kind of the an accelerant almost of your professional development in that expertise, you know, be it ranger school or be it sapper school. And I know I talk about them a lot, but there's a reason for that is because they've been pivotal in my professional development in the Army. And the last, the most important thing, and you say it the best, sir, um, but I'll try, be positive. This is the greatest time in your life. You just don't even know it yet. You know, I've seen like things on the internet that say, I wish somebody would tell me when I'm in that moment that this is the greatest moment in my life. Well, guess what? This is that narrative, you know, the best Morgan Freeman voice I can do. This is the greatest time in your life. This is what you will remember for the rest of your life. So be positive. Enjoy it. Look out for everybody. Have fun. Build up others. Take care of each other and, and bring people with you and lift people up and just be happy. Okay, so for anyone out there who wonders why the United States Army is the greatest army on planet Earth, I would offer to you that it is not the equipment, it's not our defense budget, it's not our missiles or aircraft, it's not our submarines, it's not anything that we pay for, that we buy, that we build or staff, it's our non-commissioned officers. And our professional non-commissioned officer corps is the single defining factor that separates us from other first world armies. And so today we have the distinct pleasure, really, to spend a little bit of time with Command Sergeant Major Mike Burke to highlight his excellence as one of those non-commissioned officers that make us great. Next episode, we're going to have the good fortune of welcoming another great non-commissioned officer, another reason why our Army is excellent. And so here in the 2nd Cavalry Regiment, we are the ones who have won the lottery. We are the ones who have had a string of consecutive, excellent, professional, non-commissioned officers at the helm of our organization, making us great every single day. This is Dragoon 6, signing off. <laughs>